0: Hello everyone. Today I have a call with uh, someone who reached out, who who's actually another tax advisor who wants advice on how to advise his client, um, who is a Canadian a group of Canadian companies who are expanding to the uh, to the U.S. and they're expanding uh, and they have a U.S. corporation. He wants to know how to how to run it, how to operate it, how to report it. He has a bunch of questions on that. So if you are a Canadian or uh, you have Canadian clients and you want to expand to the U.S., this is the video for you. Having done my taxes, I'm too turned up. Having done my taxes, I'm too up. So Emron, thanks for uh discussing the call taxes, today. You're a little bit different than my normal caller that which are usually non-residents or some residents. You're actually a, a fellow tax professional who wants to kind of discuss some planning and some theory. So uh, no, I'm yeah, happy so to have you today. Thank you. Well thank you
1: for taking the time to take the call. I appreciate it. hmm
0: So uh, I guess uh, let's get started. You tell me a little bit about your your client, what's, what we're dealing with here.
1: So yeah, I have a client in, um, uh, that's out of Canada and uh, it's about three shareholders that started a company and they're in the, let's just say uh, the agricultural business.
0: Got it. Um,
1: and they have a Canadian company. Uh, that Canadian company owns 100% of a Canadian holding company. In turn, that holding company owns 100% of a us corporate uh c corp um so they have their do business with their canadian company they also have the business that they do in america is from the us company uh so sometimes they you know transfer funds cash from here to the canadian company vice versa um the only thing they incorporate in delaware uh they have no permanent establishment or effectively connected income as from my research
0: well they have a u.s corporation though
1: they have a u.s corporation okay uh they have an address in delaware where there's a registered agent and mail is being forwarded that's all the transactions that they have in regards to no offices here so no what's
0: offices. what's the purpose of the u.s company
1: uh it's easier the purpose was in regards to uh, having an established company here to do business with the suppliers in, in the u s so, so they
0: they're selling or buying they're buying from the u s or selling to the u s
1: so it's a drop shipping company uh, a drop shipping model where you know they have suppliers that are in u s and when the order when the client places the order the supplier gets notified sends the product to the client in the u s the difference between the price the, the the company is selling at and the supplier is there is there a profit is okay. there a, that's the business model, right here.
0: And it's agricultural business.
1: No, it's it, it's in the it's in the weed industry.
0: Oh, cannabis. Okay, so it's they're the they're, they're running industry. a cannabis delivery service.
1: They're del- they're basically supplying um, to growers supplies like lighting equipment, uh, anything needed to grow.
0: But they're drop shipping the supplies. They're not actually manufacturing the supplies.
1: They're not. They're not. Interesting. They're, they're drop shipping, so they have connections with the suppliers in the US. So it's it's, basically at the end of the day, it's a marketing.
0: It's like affiliate it's affiliate marketing. It's affiliate marketing is what they're doing. Essentially
1: that they're marketing the suppliers products, but they have their own website and uh, they have their own prices there for products. So they don't see the ma- the supplier's price. They just see the client's price. Yeah.
0: So there's it's it's definitely affiliate marketing. It's like so a lot of people it's it's kind of like drop shipping, but dropshipping is really when you're selling other people's stuff from China. Is really the drop shipping uh, affiliate is more of uh, marketing other people's stuff. So they're just they're just basically a marketing services company more than anything.
1: At the end of the day, but they're trying to expand and create their own products eventually. But this is sure. just starting the industry that they're doing right now. Yeah. Okay, got it. Dropshipping shipping model.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I get it.
1: Yeah.
0: And um. So what are their concerns? What's the goals? What are they trying to do? I mean,
1: they don't have concerns. I have concerns since, since I'm okay. their accountant. So they don't know what to do. They created this whole thing. They expanded really quickly. They don't even know these issues that, you know, what's my tax uh, requirements here in the U.S.? So
0: they should be paying taxes in Canada, right?
1: They will, yes. So, for example, they have different, op- different uh, payment methods within Shopify, right? And some of those payments go directly to the Canadian company, right? They have a specifically Canadian uh, bank uh, account just for U.S. uh, sales. So they transfer that money there, then they transfer it back to the U.S. So it's a whole transferring situation. At the end of the day, I want to know what's their liability here in the U.S.? Do they right now, you know, the income in 2019, would that be subject to the U.S. taxes of 21% or because of the treaty between the u.s and canada is there a uh treaty based return where there is no tax is just an informational return stating that you know well, there's tax, no,
0: th- so because you're dealing with corporations it's not the treaty doesn't really apply i mean the corporations play tax where, where it is so it's all it's all depending on how you run the accounting and how you run the profit so mm-hmm. if um and and you kind of have the flexibility since it's kind of this thing going on that you can re- recognize a really small profit in the u.s but it depends on what province they live in and in Canada because if they live in like uh, an obscure province in Canada, they're, they're, they're all in tax rate could be like 14%. But if they live in like Montreal, they, they could be paying like 30%. They so, live in
1: Montreal.
0: So Montreal is a higher tax province in Canada from what I understand. So it might make more sense for them to kind of operate almost a lot, a lot more of their business within the U S and pay taxes in the U S instead of Canada. Mm-hmm. That's something that you, it's, and what I find with most of my Canadian clients, I work really closely with the advisors because our countries are so close, it's good you, you we need to be on the same page. Uh, having a proper accounting is pretty important, and uh, you know having accounting is on the same is important, but a lot of the way you do the accounting is influenced by the, the tax strategy and I find also that the main objective of a lot of people doing in this space isn't to take money out of the company is to reinvest all the money into their company, reinvest the profits and grow the company. And that's what I find with almost every single person doing online business like this. So if that's the goal, if the goal is to really reinvest their uh, their profits and to the business, they really want to find the lowest tax jurisdiction they can. And I believe Montreal is a pretty high tax place. So um what they should consider doing is using a U.S. company, a U.S. bank account and send all of their sales to the U.S. company and then pay basic expenses in Canada with their Canadian company. And like when they need to get paid money to live, they pay uh, management fees to the man to the Canadian company and then pay themselves salaries or pay themselves um, dividends or salaries from their Canadian company But that, that you'd have to work through with a Canadian advisor.
1: Right. Right. Um, OK. OK. Now question, in regards to when I asked you about um, having permanent establishment or effectively connected income, having a C-Corp in the U.S. without no employees, without no um, uh, offices, does that trigger permanent establishment?
0: So permanent establishment is is, uh, really for... Like permanent establishment doesn't matter when you have when you have a US Corp, they have tax presence here because they have a US corporation. Permanent establishment is more of an issue for a Canadian company that doesn't have a US subsidiary or that has an LLC as a subsidiary because that's that's when the a foreign company would have to pay tax in the US is when it has permanent establishment. But right now it won't have permanent establishment because you have a whole separate US entity that's doing business in the US mm-hmm. as part of the ownership structure. So permanent establishment isn't really an issue as long as you do stuff in the u.s in the name of the u.s company then there won't really it will never be an issue because you're already paying taxes in the u.s
1: right
0: and the idea is um permanent establishment is really for companies that don't have subsidiaries in the country that's when you have risk and exposure but when you have entities in each country you just need to make sure that you do that country's work with that entity so that you keep it separate and there won't be any issues
1: right so let's say hypothetically this, this um, client is not in Montreal, it's in a lower jurisdiction bracket for Canadian taxes. How would that work? Uh, what would the structure be then for optimal tax then it's
0: Then it's easier for them. You want to just have is you're using the US company really for to minimize the exposure of the Canadian company. So using the US company for sales taxes in the US. Using it, using it for payment processors, You're using it for banking, and since all the buyers and sellers are all in the U.S., yeah. it's going to be easier, and there's going to be less foreign exchange rate stuff. It's going to be easier to operate. And at their scale, you said they're doing uh, almost a million dollars. At their scale, the costs of having the U.S. entity open, in terms of like accounting and tax fees and stuff, are, are like don't really matter. You know, the the benefits they get of having a U.S. entity and operating in a more streamlined, easier manner um, yeah. would would make up for the uh, the costs of keeping the entity open, right?
1: Right. Makes sense. Now, <clears throat> will and I then, file?
0: And then let me double. And then the last thing is that if they can, then they pick up all their profits in Canada and the U S would run on smaller margins because again, they're not doing any services from the U S. The whole purpose of the U S entity is facilitating payment processors. So they can, uh, they can say the value of that service is whatever, and pick up a small income here and pay a small tax here.
1: Yeah, but majority of the U.S. transactions from a U.S. bank of America.
0: So yeah, but but the the I mean they can send all the money back um to Canada and the and really all the work's being done in Canada by the Canadian company because they they have no people here. There's no employees in the office. It's just transactionally all the business happens here, but all the work is done in the other country. So that's how they can justify sending all the money back as an expense.
1: And and when you do the return here, it'll be management fees just to uh control the
0: yeah it's manage it's business it's just consulting fees management fees it's not even it's just like business like marketing fees whatever you want because
1: right, right. literally
0: all they're doing all the work with all the people all the marketing services in canada so paying right. the money to canada for those fees it makes sense it would, i think it would right. hold up got it
1: got it so that would be advantageous if the foreign jurisdiction has less in taxes than the US jurisdiction. Yeah. It's the other way you should keep the money here, do all the transactions here, pay the tax here. Um, and hypothetically, let's say that's the situation when you transfer money from the US bank account to the Canadian, what's the Canadian company's obligations at that point?
0: I mean it's the same it's the same thing. Both both uh their corporations and both entities, they both pay a tax on their profits and then both have dividends. Uh you both Pay tax and dividends to the owners or salaries to the owners. They mm-hmm. operate on their own. They operate the same way because they're both corporations, and it's pretty similar at Canada and the U.S. in terms of like the general operations. So everything would be the same except the management fees to the Canadian company would be smaller. Yeah. That's I think that would be the only difference. The management the the money sent yeah. back to Canada to cover their expenses, their living expenses, be and everything so reverse, would just be
1: smaller. Reverse, reverse, yeah, yeah. Let's say okay. So let's assume that the jurisdiction is lower in the U S is it beneficial to have a C corp or a partnership because we, it's a double taxation of dividends.
0: Well, they're both, it's definitely better for a C corp. Um, a partnership uh, with, with foreign partners has, um, mandatory withholding requirements of, and it gets, it gets a lot messier with the partnership and also, um, the, I, you have to see how it's taxed in Canada. I know LLCs are taxed as corporations yeah. in Canada, yeah. so there's double tax issues with LLCs in Canada. So I, I almost, Canadians, especially operating businesses, using an LLC is usually a bad idea because like I said, it's passed through here and it's a, do uh, you know about that? You want me to go in and look about that a little more?
1: In regards to what?
0: The LLCs, how they work in Canada.
1: I know how they work here, but not in Canada.
0: Okay, so in, in the US, so if I own an LLC, so if this business was an LLC, Um, In the U.S., uh, here it would pass through to the owners. So the Canadian company or the owners directly would file tax and pay taxes. In Canada, the LLC is a corporation. It's taxed as a corporation, so Mm. it would they would pay tax in Canada on the uh, as as a corporation, and they wouldn't be able to claim any foreign tax credits because they paid them personally. So the foreign tax um, credits wouldn't match up. That's the difference because. In the U.S., you're paying personally, and in Canada, you're paying at entity level, and you can't cross the pollinate the foreign tax credits. Uh, Uh, That's probably not a perfect explanation, but that's the that's the reason they don't
1: do it. So we know that if the company's jurisdiction tax jurisdiction is lower in the U.S., C corp is advantageous with with foreign uh, shareholders. Uh, Is there any uh, filing requirement? I know it's 5472, I believe. Yeah, one of the forms um, is required to fill in information about the foreign shareholders. Is there anything that needs to be done uh, besides that, uh having a foreign shareholders in the U S company, any reporting requirements or anything that sh- there shouldn't be any exposure to them in regards to penalties and stuff like that? Uh,
0: no, you just need to read the fifty four seventy two really well because you're actually doing business, um, with each other. There might be a need to have a basic cost sharing arrangement or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but for most of my companies, it's, we keep it pretty simple. It's just the 5472 and then yeah. good and good accounting, good record keeping. Yeah. And
1: would that return would be an 1120
0: or an 1120F? An, and 11, is, an 1120. An eleven twenty 1120S can't have – it has F. to be owned by U.S. people. Can't have foreign owners.
1: No,
0: and no, the 1120F. Oh, I F. Know. So the 1120F is for if the Canadian company was just doing business in the U.S., and they had no subsidiary, but they have a U.S. corporation subsidiary that they're operating with.
1: So that 1120F will trigger if there is no C Corp in the U.S. subsidiary?
0: So, so if you have if a foreign corp has permanent establishment in the U.S., they would file an 1120F.
1: I got it. And, and there will be, would that be a withholding requirement or there will be tax at
0: 21%? I don't know, it's a mess. 1120F, the big issue is uh, there's tax at 21%, I believe but they also have the branch profits tax, which is like right. a 35% tax on, but it's basically on dividends. It's on profits to send out of the U S okay. okay. it's, it's, it's really cumbersome and usually more, much more costly to maintain and operate that way. So I, we usually don't, we don't ever really do it because everyone opens corporations instead. Got it, got
1: it. I guess in conclusion in, uh, if it's the U S tax jurisdiction is beneficial, we'll do an 1120 F. Uh, no, with, I mean I'm sorry. Eleven twenty, eleven twenty, and the majority of the profits will be taxed in, in in the U.S. corp.
0: Yeah, you really need to. You really need to. The, I guess the first step would be have a call with the Canadian tax advisor and discuss rates and discuss plans with your clients if they want to take money out or reinvest it. Okay. So knowing knowing the rates and knowing the client goals are like mm-hmm. super important, and then from there you can um advise on like help them uh tweak their accounting so that you know classify transactions the right way and operate the right way so that they achieve their goals and pay the lowest tax possible right
1: Uh, all right i mean that i appreciate it that uh kind of gives me a good summary of what action steps to take in regards to this client
0: yeah sure good luck i mean i get a lot of canadian clients it's it's uh you know obviously we share a border with them and they're very advanced and you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's good stuff. So uh, yeah, I hope this was helpful. Thanks for uh, letting me post it on the channel, and I, I hope it helps other people in the similar situations.
1: Thank you. Hope to talk to you soon.
0: Okay, Cameron, best of luck, man. Be in touch. Take care. Okay, bye. So that was a great call. I think uh, we got over a lot of details and nuances between doing business between Canada and the U.S. What kind of entities you use and how taxation and reporting is done. So I hope you really found that helpful. And if you're from Canada and you want further clarification, send us an email, I'm happy to do more calls like this because I think it's very interesting, very practical and, and really helpful. So if you if you um have uh, had any of these issues or if you're from Canada, comment below and let me know what you think, if I was wrong, if I'm right. I'm just doing this off of, I'm not doing any research before these calls. I'm just taking them and just going off the cuff with this. So if I'm wrong, please correct me below and I'm happy to discuss and um, Again, if you thought the video was helpful and you liked it, you enjoyed it, please subscribe, give me a thumbs up. And uh, if you want to call, again, the details are in the description. So thank you so much for watching and have a great day, everyone.